My name is Danae Reed and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom Really, which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as I am as it feels right for them. Also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by Liliana Rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by Scott Reed Jr. Y'all, my name is Danae, and I'm here with my podcast, Damn Mom, really, which is a space that nobody wants to be in, but a space that everybody wants to learn about. And as always, I have another amazing guest with me today. Her name is Emma, and she's coming here to share her story with me. I was fortunate to talk to her a little bit before we got on here. But actually, me and Emma have never met met in person, and so I'm really excited to be talking to her because she's coming all the way from across the country. So shout out to Liliana for introducing me to Miss. Emma but Emma how are you doing today first and foremost I'm good I'm really excited honestly I don't know where this will go and that's a good feeling sometimes yeah yeah so you're calling in from San Diego how are you feeling how's the weather out there today it's rainy and dreary uh you know really setting the tone but uh I like it (laughs) I'm a I'm from I'm from Washington so honestly rain feels like home I'll take it Yeah, you know, it's definitely rainy, kind of dreary in New York, too. And I think it does kind of set the tone. I kind of personally like, you know, days like this a little bit. But you know, I feel like it I feel like it definitely does fit the vibe. But we are going to just be super spirited and like, maybe bring the sun to both of our states. It'll be good. (laughs) Awesome. So (laughs) first things first, Emma, what's your mom's name? Lori. Lori. Okay. And how old were you when you lost your mom? I lost my mom when I was 12. Wow. So how long has it been? I don't want to guess your age. It has been 14 years. No, is that math correct? Yes. I'm 26, wow. about to turn okay. 27. So it's yeah. just 14 years. Well, how about, yeah, that feels surreal that at some point I forgot, you know, you, you kind of just lose track of it. Yeah. I feel like I've obviously, I've lost my mom a lot more recently than you. Yeah. Um, but I remember at first there was this desire for me to like, it's been like 10 days and 15 yeah. days and like 20 days. And, you know, and then I was definitely keeping track. And I mean, I still, you know, acknowledge it month by month, but knowing the days and the weeks now, it's like, you know, it's been a little less than 10 months. And so that gets harder to do as time moves on. And also, yeah. I don't think that it helps at all. You know, like at first no. I was like, oh my God, it's been one no. week, two weeks. And I'm like, I don't even want to think about how long it's been for me because it's just not a great thought, you know. And also you know that there's no end to it. You're not passing time. It's going to keep going. And there's some level of like, it feels fruitless in a way to just keep track of it. And I mean, I've been grieving for 14 years now. And I think that one of the greatest lessons I've learned is that I don't want to force my grief on those days and on Mm -hmm. in those times when I feel it because it will come. And I, my dad likes to say, you know, like, we're not allowed to just stop being people that day, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's allowed to be hard, but we still have to like show up for ourselves. And I think that that is, that helps me pass the time sometimes, you know, just being like, some days I'm just gonna like, show up and just kind of like, get through it. Right. And other times and other years and markers and anniversaries are much harder but I I always thought like the 10 year was going to be a really big moment for me and really feel a lot of reflection but in all honesty that one ended up being one of the anniversaries that just like slid by you know and I did it and didn't really come through me at that moment I always thought that it would but I think that's just how grief works you know like I was at a different part of the wave kind of than I thought I was I mean it is such a random thing And one of the things that just talking about time, one of the things that my grief has taught me is that, you know, when people say it's such like a man-made construct and it doesn't really exist, I understand that now more than ever because, you know, 
yeah, because it's been almost a year, and I'm like, wait, what? Do you yeah. still feel that? Yeah, do you still feel that after 14 years? It's kind of like, how has it been so long? Oh, yeah, because like you said, the the time feels it can be like so short and so long at the same time. You know, one of the things I remember so clearly after my mom passed, she was an alcoholic. She had slipped into a coma in a hospice. And we were there as we watched her pass. And so it's a very like involved and like gut-wrenching experience in that way. And I had preparation. I knew it was coming, but still it was very, it felt very disconnected in a lot of ways. And I, at the time my dad was remarried and I had two other, I had two stepbrothers. I have an older brother and older sister. And so it was like a full house. And I remember how quiet and slow the next, like, it feels like a couple weeks felt. Like, I felt like I was just, like, in this fog. And, like, it felt like nobody was talking and, like, laughing in the same way. And it just felt, I still think, when like, it just felt so drawn out in a way that I feel like I've only experienced a couple times in my life. Because it's just, yeah, your your world is shifting. And when something so intense and so unbelievable happens something kind of as silly as like the man-made concept of time doesn't really feel like it has as much of a hold Mm. you know like yeah and so I'm coming to terms with that at 26 but you having to come to terms with that at 12 is just so completely different what do you think that or how do you think that losing your mom at such a young age kind of changed the way that you grew up I it's almost hard to, you know, it's, <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends, uh, she was like, are you like preparing in any way? And I was like, how can I prepare? It's literally like my life, you know, I'm like, I don't, I genuinely don't know what I would do to prepare. And sometimes it's hard to like, it's hard to answer a question like that because it just is my life. I almost don't know how it, it would have been different. My parents had been separated for a bit. I, we'd moved from Ohio to Washington state and my mom was still in Ohio. We'd fly him back and forth and see her and I'm the baby and like it, it took a huge toll on me. I definitely was the one who really lost it. And so she was absent before she was gone, you know, okay. like she wasn't there every day. And then leading up to her dying three, the three years prior, I didn't see her. I pretty much just like everyone's one got a call or a card from her. And so in a lot of ways, like I, I lost my mom much earlier because I felt it felt almost like when she actually died in front of me it was like this completion of a process that had been ongoing already that like she was losing a battle with her illness and with her disease and I as a little kid was like feeling that loss over time and so in some ways what I think I think about it, I'm like how did it Im- impact me losing her I don't know because I feel like I don't remember pre- feeling that pulling away start to happen, you know? Like even like my li- my memories of her when I'm really little feel scattered in a way. And so I think I had a evil stepmother after her or while, I guess, when she passed away and stuff too. And that, that was hard because in a lot of ways that woman wanted to become my mom and replace her. And she really asked that of me and she was not a good person and she really my sister said when I was like 18 she was like I really thought we lost you to her and I was like no I just had to like grit my teeth and like have that relationship with her for my own sanity and my own safety like I was the last one to be able to leave you know and so I I think I just in general have a very disconnected relationship with having a mom and with maternal figures I have so many like maternal figures in my life that I love, but I feel like the way it impacted me the most is definitely just feeling like this disconnect when other people are describing this thing. And it's, it's not like you where like you said, your mom, you know, it's like enmeshed into you. Like she was a part of you and I didn't have her like that. Instead I had like the, the concept of a mom of what my mom's supposed to be, you know, and then I have, the reality of a in her own way in her own right deeply traumatized deeply sad deeply sick woman just not being able to step up to the plate you know like Mm. and that's I think 
it's taken a lot of time to be able to like give her that grace of like knowing that she was just a human being and kind of got a shit hand you know yeah yeah and and in this are we talking about your your stepmother are we talking about oh your no mother? my mom mom yeah your mom yeah. okay yeah 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 just like it is hard to know that like i i don't really know her i know her from other people talking about her and the fact that i am like her spitting image and apparently have a lot of her mannerisms and have many times like left people in shock by how much I'm like her but like I don't even know that for myself I know that because other people tell me you know and that just feels weird I think it's the it's the idea of a mom in my head in a lot of ways and I was just gonna ask you know how does that feel to be um a direct reflection of somebody that you've never really got a chance to know and you know people constantly telling you that you do remind them of her and that's not something that you can necessarily connect with so thank you for just being vulnerable and answering that you know regardless of how you lose your mom or when you lose your mom Mm -hmm. or that sort of what that relationship looked like or how long it's been I think that there's a lot of sorry sort of mysticism that comes around um the things that you are going to inevitably miss out on, right? Yeah, um, totally. And are going to miss out on. Yeah. And so that's kind of something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And obviously at 12, you know, that might not be something that you're thinking about, but was there yeah. ever a time where you kind of came to terms with the fact that your mom is going to miss, like, I don't know if you want to be married or uh, if you want kids uh, yeah. or like you know how long did it kind of take for it to become something that was just conceptualized in your head to something yeah. that is like fixture in your life that's a really good question I don't know if I can say that there was like a specific time I I know the first time I feel like I really like lost it and like grappled with it in a lot of ways was a few years in I was it was probably the third or fourth anniversary and I feel like I in a lot of ways I was like letting that weight like crash down on me and like really accepting it yeah, I guess, as you said, like, as a fixture of my life going forward, kind of, you know, um, but I I know that there was a time that there was a shift where I, I think I found a way to explain it to other people, which meant I had a way to explain it to myself, you know, yeah. which is that a lot of people view losing a parent, losing anybody, but I think especially losing your parent mm-hmm. as this one grand loss yeah when in reality it is literally every day and every moment you are losing like you are you have no opportunity for reconciliation you have no opportunity for them to surprise you you've no you've no opportunity for them to disappoint you you know sometimes I get mad about the fact that like I haven't even been able to fight with her, you know, Mm. like my parents are conservative and my brother recently brought up like, you know, mom was a conservative woman, like dad loves you and like accepts you being queer. And like, he wasn't saying it any way that like she would reject me, but he was like, I think sometimes you forget that she was conservative because in your head, she's just like this thing. And oh, oh my God, it blew my mind. And this was probably like a year or two ago. Because I was like, oh my God, I I didn't even have the chance for her to reject or accept me. I just forever have this vagueness of like an absence of that opportunity, you know? And that's something is like people talk about calling their mom and like talking to them about their day or when something bad is happening. And like, I have no real inclination or instinct to do that because it it was so early that I never got to you know I never like got to set that tone and so I think that was like where that really big shift happened is that it's a it's an everyday thing it's not this one grand loss and I think a lot of people who don't know grief and I've unfortunately also lost a stepbrother and a close friend I've lost people in multiple ways and then so it's I've, I've experienced grief in these different dynamics and you never get used to that absence of opportunity you know yeah 
I mean, thank you for your, uh, you know, realness. Again, I know I said that before, but I appreciate it because um, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday. And again, you know, me and my mom were really close, but there, you know, I'm, I'm about to be 27 like you. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that I needed to learn and still yeah. need to learn at the time yeah. that I lost my mom. And so one of the things lately that has been making me sad has been the fact that she'll never get to see me be a better person. Like, yeah. and that's not to say that I wasn't like a bad, I was a bad person before, but it's just oh, like, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just so much for me to learn. And there's, yeah. you know, obviously my grief has been a catalyst for a lot of change that I've been exhibiting, you know, just yeah. making sure that I'm communicating more healthily or I'm being more vulnerable or I'm being more transparent or honest yeah. or, you know, really reflecting these things that I really wish he could have gotten to see. And it's like, damn, yeah. like, I'm yeah. so much better than who I was when you departed, but you don't get to see that. And yeah. I had a moment at the cemetery a couple of weeks ago and I was sitting there and I, I like to visit a lot. I remember just being there and I was talking to her and it was the first time that I was, you know, standing there and felt a hundred percent. Like I don't recognize who I am anymore in comparison to who you knew me to be. Wow. And that yeah. it's a, good feeling because I it shows that I've grown and that you know I guess I still have more to do but on the flip side it's like a lot of me sometimes feels like is it worth it because you can't mm -hmm. see me that way and for yeah. me like that's all that matters all that validation like that I felt like I had inside myself was actually coming from her and so I'm learning yeah. a lot about being okay with my growth or being okay with the things that I'm missing out on yeah totally accepting that as just life yeah and I think that that's that's one of those things that kind of grounds the passage of time is that like you are going to continue to feel that and something I think about him is my mom died when she was 48 and okay. I hope to outlive her and mm -hmm. every moment after that is going to be a moment that she never got you know yeah. that like she never encountered you know that there are going to be moments that I want to have kids that I'll have with hopefully my kids that she didn't get to have with me and that she won't get to have with my kids, you know, and that as I move into and out of different roles throughout my life and different iterations of myself, she will not be moving with me, you know, like not, yeah, it, it feels weird to look at that and I'm sure I don't get to go to my mom's uh, grave often because it's in Ohio. Um, but I I just was there about a year and a half ago, maybe. And there is something about sitting in front of that space and just thinking like <laughs> the most gruesomely literal level, you are in the ground, you're yeah. changing zero. Mm -hmm. that, your life has been lived. Yeah. And here I am sitting on top of like this, piece of grass still talking to you still yeah. having our relationship but in like a one-sided capacity you know mm -hmm. like that's so weird like it's it can be so jarring at times for how normal it is also yeah and to add to that too sometimes when I am in that space I just think about like the fact that my mom carried me and I'm like the body that carried me is not here like that yeah. and that concept is also very jarring to me because I don't know it, like it makes sense but it doesn't yeah. make sense you no, know totally yeah. yeah I think too it's yeah. just like it's hard because as much as you understand like life and death and like somebody can just quite literally be here and then be gone it doesn't make sense on an interpersonal level it makes sense on like an animal kingdom level on like the, right. the world life and right, death right. occurs level but not yeah. on like a I don't have a mom anymore level. My brain can't just see like the life leave her eyes and then be like, okay, now you're done. Close chapter. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. now you don't yeah. have mom. It's, it's right. so much more dynamic than that. And that's just like, I, a weird thing to say, but I think one of my favorite things about grief is that I know it is going to change, you know, mm. that I know no matter how much I'm feeling, right now or how much I'm not feeling at a moment that it is going to be dynamic and it is going to impact me in ways that I already, I can't predict yet and that yeah. I 
am just going to have to move through it, you know? I think in a lot of ways, I process my grief by being kind of like aware of other people's and trying to, I've always felt like I tried to be helpful for other people's grief. Right. Um, tried to at least say, well, I don't want anybody to lose anybody. Here's a teeny useless nugget of wisdom I can try and give to you, you know? And I think that that's in some way, I don't know, like how I've kept control of things, you know? Yeah. It sounds like you think a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think I also, I think about her, especially in this, and almost I kept my little box, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I, I think and talk about her in a kind of clinical and direct way. And yeah. I, I'm so, in some ways I'm trying to rid myself of that and let myself just be like the kid who lost her mom but Mm -hmm. I almost don't know how to because I always feel like grief is such a funny thing that I always had to talk about it in like a clinical way to like make other people more comfortable Mm. you know to like make room for that and like I I always tell people like the worst thing somebody's ever said to me about having a dead mom can't even remember who said it but this is something I think about every day is that I had somebody tell me that at least someday I wouldn't be as special that my mom was dead because other people were going to lose their moms too. And I remember thinking like what type of like maniac would ever say that to a child. And also I couldn't want anything less than I want more people in the dead mom club. Like I, like I carry so much of my grief every time I see somebody, even a vague acquaintance lose their mom it's and it's happening more and more now and the more and more it's happening the more and more I'm like that person what is the what in what world would I want to feel less special about this Mm. I don't feel special I feel like it got a shitty end of the stick you know and like a not a a situation I would like to share with people you know if I could I would take that grief on and let no one else take it you know yeah, I agree. It's definitely not a badge of honor. Um, but I yeah. have noticed that people sort of tend to treat you as if you are special, which has kind of yeah. been a weird thing for me because I found that after I lost my mom, it was like a lot of special treatments yep. that I was like, oh, I'm kind of happy about this. But also yeah. I hate the catalyst, you know, like yeah. why does something tragic have to happen for people to be recognized in a way yeah. that's, you know, that all humans should be recognized, you know, yeah. like or and and you know genuine love and just care and that whole concept of I'm here whenever you need me or if ever Mm -hmm. you need me or whatever you picked up you know if you need to pick up the phone and call me it doesn't matter what time because you know I guess like that sentiment exists like in the ether but nobody Mm -hmm. says that to you until you're going something super tragic I think too like I have you experienced like I I feel like people take both ends of the spectrum. They both treat me like I am now the strongest person for something I had literally no choice in. Or they treat me in a way a bit more delicately. And like you're saying, like almost being more attentive to me because they're like, oh no, but Emma's already gone through this. And there's some level of like, I just, can there be a middle? Can I not Mm -hmm. have to be strong? And I also not have to be weak, you know? And my friends and I always say like, I find my friends making dead mom jokes to be a sign of their love and comfort with me, that they know me well enough to know that I want them to be funny about my dead mom too. Like, I, I don't want them to feel awkward and tiptoe around it. It's, I don't want me to make a joke and everybody else give like a ha 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 while they feel uncomfortable. Like, It's it's just a fact, and if I'm gonna make jokes about my dead mom, I I want everybody else to too, as funny as that is. Got it, yeah. You know, yeah. and so like that's the thing is I think partially because it's not treating me like I'm like this little delicate flower that needs to be cared for. It like treats me as just like a real human being who is in a kind of shitty situation, and I address it by making a lot of your mom jokes you know yeah yeah Yeah. so you know at 12 you kind of officially stopped playing with dolls or you don't really you know pretend as much as you used to but I think that that childlike whimsy kind of exists inside of you Mm -hmm. and so just to go back to what you were saying earlier about not necessarily 
you know, knowing too much about your mom, did you feel like it was kind of like a build a mom or like build a Barbie or build a doll sort of situation? Yeah, I, yeah, she is a mystery to me. And so in a lot of ways, she is something that I can project my concept of a mom onto. And I think that's the weirdest thing um, in, you know, experiencing my grief with my family is that both my siblings remember her more than I do. Definitely my sister. Yeah, my sister was a teenager and like had a full like when she was still around and had still like a full relationship with her and d- disappointments. A lot of my sister's grief was, you know, from a different place of, of, of anger and hurt, you know? And then when I talk to my dad, I think sometimes it can be so interesting. My dad and I are so similar, but to him, she is this full person, you know, like this person he loved so dearly. My dad was an alcoholic too, and he got sober and she didn't. And he, made the most unimaginable decision and had to pick us over her you know and like his immense survivor's guilt and it's so interesting talking to him sometimes because we're talking about the same person and he's talking about this real complex person he knew him and I'm talking about this idea of my mom that I was supposed to have you know like we sometimes I'll make like jokes or comments about being abandoned and he's like she didn't abandon you she was sick and I'm like I get that on a cognitive level but like for me no because I was just a kid so like I didn't have a concept of my mom is this whole human being who's really sick and losing a battle you know I had this feeling of like everybody else has these parents and I'm supposed to have a mom and I don't have one you know like everybody else could talk about and give examples of stories of their mom and I don't have that I have stories other people have told me you know and that's just like that's tough because it's weird to grieve almost what you don't know and I think that's so much of what grief is though right it's the all of the things just to go back to what we were saying earlier like the things that you don't get to experience and the things that you know they'll miss or you'll miss I think that's so much of what grief is I think that my idea of it has expanded so much. I didn't know grief at all. Yeah. You know, I've had people pass and it was sad, yeah. but uh, not in the way that my mom's yeah. loss is. You know. It's um, a different thing. You, you know, that yeah. category of grief when you feel it, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> okay. This yeah. is that thing people have talked about before. Like, and, and it just kind of sits on your shoulder as 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 much as death does too you know the idea yeah. that you could die any second and not necessarily in a mortal way but maybe so you know yeah. I feel like those things both sit on my shoulders yeah. it's my grief yeah. and how expansive it is and how yeah. much it changes from day to day and then it's also this like very fixed idea of like yeah death sits on our shoulders yeah and I think that grief in a lot of ways again is you know about missed opportunities and it's about the yeah. things that you that you've experienced but it's also such an expression of love and yeah. so to see you know you grieve your mom so deeply even though it's a person that you didn't necessarily get a chance to know yeah. I think that it shows that in like intrinsic profound love that yeah. um exists between like mother and daughter and I know yeah. you know a parent child and I think yeah. it's really beautiful that it's still able to move you in a way even after all of these years because even though there was so many gaps to fill in it's just like yeah that's still your mom yeah it's just a a part of me and I think that's sometimes what feels weird about it is that I know so much of her is in me like I I know that there's so many parts of me that are inherently parts of her but it's weird that I can't point them out for myself you know Mm -hmm. like I I often will have moments, you know, where I say something and I'm like, oh my God, I sound like my dad. And like, yeah. I'm never going to have that with her. With your like, mom. you know, I'm never going to be able to like categorize it as like, that's something I got from her unless somebody else gives me that information, you know, and that just feels weird at times, you know, but I also think, you know, like I said, I lost my stepbrother and I lost uh, a, a close friend in college and I think in a lot of ways, um, I feel like I carry the three of them in my pocket, 
you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as much as we miss opportunities, they also are missing those opportunities. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I want to be like a representative of them going forward, you know, yeah. like yeah. look at me doing these things and participating in this way where like you couldn't so I will you know um I lost my friend Will when I was studying abroad and I was in Southeast Asia in this tiny island and all my friends are at home going to his funeral and I'm kind of grieving with people who don't know him and don't know me that well and it was really hard and we were out on a boat and fishing and Will loved fishing and he always offered to take me and I never took him up on it. And I'm sitting on the like boat just sulking and I just felt him move me and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I think uh, we keep talking through this about opportunities and how much grief is about kind of loss of opportunity and such. Um, and I think I carry my mom with me in circumstances forward just like I carried him and it's it's always interesting because I don't feel like she will ever know me she'll you know she'll never get that opportunity but in some way I still feel like I'm like showing her when I'm living my life you know I'm like trying to show up for her and being who I think she would want me to be and it it feels weird that even though I will never get that like uh, approval or praise from her that I still want to be a person that she would be proud of you know Mm. and I still like carry that forward yeah so in your family I know you were 12 when you lost your mom but is that like is grief something that you guys talked about or when you lost your mom was it something that you guys talked about openly yeah I'm very lucky my dad is a very emotional man and he he really owns that and so he has always talked really openly about her. I think at times we, we're we a little storytelling family and mm-hmm. sometimes the way we process our emotion is really telling our, our same stories. And I think sometimes that gets in the way of us allowing ourselves to feel fully mm-hmm. like a protective measure as much as it's a way we reflect. But in all honesty, even with that, like we, we talk about her. And even when we don't talk about her, we talk about her being dead. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like me and my siblings will make jokes all the time. I recently, like, told them <laughs> I'm interested to see your opinion on this because it uh, seems to always depend on the per- individual person. But I told my siblings I want to get like the classic tattoo of like a heart with the banner that says "Mom" <laughs> and that says "Dead Mom." Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, if that's your vibe, go for it. I don't know if I can actually get it on my arm, but I have a bunch of random bullshit tattoos. It'd be funny to have it's like a little filler tattoo somewhere. So many of my friends are like, Emma, that's so grim. And I'm like, it's grim, but it's also funny. Yeah, like, yeah. It's how we, it's how I have to reflect on it and have to, like, there's some level of, like, we talk about it in every way from, in depth and us all I think having different experiences to just like shooting shit like siblings do but it just happens to be about the fact that our mom's dead yeah yeah you know um one of the things that I admire about you is being able to find the humor in all of it um yeah because you know I think it's something that if you if you have not lived that experience you just kind of don't get it um, because even, like, on the show sometimes, you know, we'll, like, laugh about stuff. We're just like, damn, you know, or I might say something, like, really dark to a friend. And I, like, I start laughing. And it's, like, not necessarily because it's, like, ha-ha funny, but it's, like, wow. Yeah. It's, it's funny in the way where it's, like, the universe is, like, perverted. You know? Super twisted. Like, I, I lost my mom when I was 12. And that is prime your mom joke era yeah that is when everything you say somebody goes well your mom your mom yeah and so i literally starting at 12 years old when like at school and stuff and somebody would do your mom joke i just look at them and be like my mom's dead yeah i know and then and then like like, the way that they react i'm sure is probably the funniest part about it because it's like exactly (laughs) I i have a bunch of tattoos and like i've a few of them are for her and Many times at like 
party some dude is trying to be like oh what's the meaning of your tattoo and i've been like my mom died <laughs> because you know other people feel awkward about it yeah it's just a fundamental truth of your life yeah yeah like, you, you feeling awkward is doing nothing for the reality yeah yeah <laughs> no and you know it's funny because i was at a like a bar club the other day and some guy was trying to talk to me and he was like you know like ask me what my podcast is about but i i don't like being like you know like oh you know this podcast is about like my mom's passing and other people's moms passing because it's just like I don't know, like, it just, I just don't necessarily, yeah, I don't want to start with it, and so I was like, um, yeah, my podcast is about grief, and they were like, oh, like, what kind of grief, like, why do you want to talk about grief, and I was like, my mom died, and, like, immediately after that, I was like, (laughs) and not, like, not that it was, like, I said, it wasn't, like, I, and I told him, I'm like, I'm not laughing at the fact that my mom, like, passed, it's just, like, I'm laughing at the fact, because it's just, like, wait, like, yeah 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 and also too like I said people's reactions when you tell them I tend to like find it like a little bit humoring like sometimes I really do purposely try to make people feel awkward because it's like why did you assume that my mom is here like you're asking me all these questions about my mom you haven't asked me anything about my dad and so what I'm like my mom's not here it's just like yeah. i make a straight face and then their eyes get big and i'm like i'm just fucking with you <laughs> like, yeah, like, like i i uh, am friends with some of the bartenders at one of the bars down the street from my place and before this past anniversary um i was there like a couple days before with my best friend and we refer to it as dead mom day that's mm-hmm. like in my friend group dead mom day is like its own day, its own like celebration know? uh-huh yeah we were talking about it and we were like talking to my my friend who's a bartender and at this point like we were still becoming friends and she's like well do you have any plans and you could tell she's a little awkward like it's like definitely one of the most personal conversations i would had with her and I was like oh I think I'm gonna go get some bottomless mimosas you know I mean like who's gonna stop me or she was like she said she was like yeah I mean who's gonna stop you and I was like not my mom she was like, <laughs> yeah. like, like I have Sometimes the joke is just sitting there waiting for me to make it. Yeah. And there's there's something about it. There's something about not taking it so seriously Mm -hmm. that actually, like, makes grief one of the funniest experiences. Like, Mm -hmm. how can it be so dark and so hard and also... Like, my grief is one of the things that makes me, like, laugh the hardest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of, um, or a few components of mine that have made me laugh, too. And I think there's, like, a beauty in being able to find some sort of, like, jovial um, yeah. sort of meaning or matter in such a tragic sort of circumstance. Yeah, um, I think, too, like, I I grew up really religious, and I'm not anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I have this... I think she's in somewhere or not and like one of my close friends her mom is dead too and I I've thought about the idea of them somewhere else meeting you mm-hmm. know and I find comfort in that but then at the same time like I I sometimes I think about it and not just being her lights are out she's in the ground it's over because it's so funny and like one of my friends um had an abortion and on dead mom day another one of our friends edited a fetus uh, <laughs> to a picture of my mom and i was like was like the aborted baby and emma oh my god oh my god like, crying laughing because there's something so horrifying about it mm-hmm. and so fundamentally funny yeah to be like yeah those those things are both equally as non-existent yeah yeah and and just having friends and having people in my life who are willing to, like, play into it with me, I think actually makes it easier for me to, like, grieve with them. Yeah. And, like, yeah. be present. Because the reality is, like, yeah, sometimes my grief is, like, me absolutely losing my mind sobbing. And honestly, most of the time, my grief is making really dark, maybe a bit amateur jokes. Yeah. Yeah. At the cost of sometimes other people's 
comfort, but yeah, I think it's funny. <laughs> I feel like that's the, the funny thing about it for me is it being at the expense of other people's comfort. And I'm like, maybe that makes yeah. me like an asshole, but I also, I'm like, this is for me. This moment is for me because I need yeah. to find some peace and I need to find some happiness. And like right now yeah. at this moment, your discomfort is kind of making me feel better you know and like, also, yeah, also it is like we keep saying like it is just a literal fact that your mom is dead yeah you know it's not like you're like creating some illusion of a circumstance to like make people uncomfortable or you're psyching somebody out the thing that they're uncomfortable at is just a fact of your life yeah and there's stuff like she's dead you yeah. asked me we're in this circumstance the circumstance makes it funny so of course it's gonna be funny that I'm telling you at the club that my mom is dead. Yeah. Like, how am I not supposed to like? It's almost like that's how you like break the ice. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just have to find. It, I just have to find it funny, and you can find it funny with me, or you can be uncomfortable. But regardless, I just I'm gonna have know. to like get these laughs off. No, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like uh, the other day, I was like, I was with a group of friends, and. You know, being in New York, I feel like I'm always meeting new people. And so I try to, like, at least curb my sort of, sort of like, yeah. uh, morbid humor when I'm just meeting people. But sometimes it just pops out. And so we totally. were talking about, you know, my mom. And we were talking about whether or not I would do life again. And I was like, um, you know, next time if, like, because I believe in God. I'm not religious, but I believe in yeah. God. And I was like, you know, next time if God decides to take my mom, like, in the next lifetime, like, he's getting a two-for-one special. Yeah. And, like, I was like, I was like, like, it just kind of fell out. I wasn't even trying to be funny. But then, like, after the fact, I'm, like, cracking up. And, like, these people are looking at me like, why would you, like, how did your brain even go there? And I'm like, you yeah. just have no idea. You it have no idea. It's like, you, there are such, like, depths of humor that some people haven't encountered because they aren't grieving yeah and to some degree i almost not worth anybody going through grief but i almost pity people when they don't find the humor and being like there is there's something that like when you experience morbidity like that Mm -hmm. like so in your face that you cannot help but go forward kind of laughing at death a little yeah you know because you're like i'm gonna go insane if i don't yeah yeah look i think that really is what it is i'm gonna go crazy if i do not um allow myself to you know feel all the feelings but also again find moments of like joy and and you know laughter in it and i think you know just knowing my mom i know that she would want me to be able to find something positive about what's going on right now and i think that you know she knew that or knows that i'm laughing at like kind of at the expense of her but like not really I think that she would prefer that than me being like you know just sad all the time and you know a lot of the time my grief is a lot of sadness and confusion and anger and frustration but again just to your point I definitely take uh those moments where I can find you know like just like jovial matter in in my current circumstance I think it makes me feel a little bit better but um Emma this has it's human yeah super human I'm not gonna deny expansiveness of the human experience by not laughing at it yeah 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 I agree and I mean you know the more that I'm in this the more I realize that we just don't understand like humans just don't get or don't understand um and I wanted to say something to what you said earlier before we like got broken up and then I'm gonna let you say one more thing and then we gonna you know shut this thing down yeah but um another component that I've been learning a lot about and playing into and this is like for you obviously you know just because you're in a space where you're like I don't really know my mom and I'm grieving this person that I don't really know and you know um it makes me think about how like not all language requires words and I think that you know if we can come to terms with that that not having is okay you know or like that that people tell me that I remind them of my mom but like I don't necessarily know how you know but I can just it's like intrinsic and I think that when we talk about it just it just is right and so uh because of that it just makes me think about language existing outside the sphere of words or being verbal and how like that's still really relevant so 
I know you didn't ask for any advice, but I'm definitely hoping that you take that with you and maybe just think about it if you want to. But um, yeah, I love this conversation. This has been quite humorous for a lot of different reasons. Um, Before we go, though, Emma, is there anything else that you wanted to say before we dip off? Um, Honestly, just thank you for having me. Like, I think that this platform and what you're doing is important because you know like I said like nobody wants to be a new addition to the dead mom club Mm -hmm. um and it can be really hard but I found that other people who have lost their moms are so kind and so understanding and welcoming and have a very a a sense of kinship with each other you know you lose family but you gain a sense of this other connectedness with a group of people and I think it's really special that you're doing this because I think it's I you know like I hope you feel the richness of that I know you're early in your grief and maybe comparison to me and and unfortunately I know at some point you'll have as many years under your belt but I think what you'll find is that um, there are just so many beautiful people Mm. who can hold you and see you in your grief and um sometimes I found that my mom being dead has led me to beautiful connections yeah you know I agree I agree well Emma I want to thank you so much for that and also just bearing with the technical difficulties that we endured today it's okay it's okay and I also want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of damn mom really I'll see you guys in 10 days if you enjoyed this episode please feel free to leave us a review and a comment it's super super helpful to us and as promise there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five four three two welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you chronic pain can be very hard to handle but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering we tend to aggravate this pain thus increasing it then every time we feel the sensation we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, Inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them. Just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good, you're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. 
Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow, or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which way is the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.